of interest and stop the turnover. Vote for Rachel Borgelli in the Republican primary election on August 16th. The right experience, the right choice. Paid for by Rachel Borgelli. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Dr. Colin Hardy and his team at Atlas Chiropractic are here to help. When your spine is out of alignment or subluxated, the nervous system can't function properly. Spinal misalignments can lead not only to headaches and back pain, but also sleeplessness, chronic tiredness, decreased immunity, and general malaise. Don't wait. Call Atlas Chiropractic today for a free examination and consultation with Dr. Hardy. It's time to spring into a healthier you at Atlas Chiropractic, Sheridan's premier wellness center. Call 672-6000 to schedule your appointment. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season on Grinnell Plaza with local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items. Every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m., you can find the best our hardworking local producers have to offer. Special thanks to our season sponsor, First Federal Bank and Trust. See you Thursday on Grinnell Plaza at the Sheridan Farmer's Market. And remember, please leave your pets at home. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school and graduate debt-free. That education helped me get to the first day of my career, a job that I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from my service helped me buy my first home. And I take pride knowing I will be the first to respond if my community ever needs me. To learn more, visit NationalGuard.com. If you want to know what's going on in Northeast Wyoming, you need Sheridan Media News. And Sheridan Media has the most news people of any radio station in the state. It's the most awarded news team in the state of Wyoming. In fact, Sheridan Media News won every large market news award from the Wyoming Association of Broadcasters. With Sheridan Media News, you can count on award-winning news. Sheridan Media. We do news. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Eliason Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and a happy Monday. Now, Habitat for Humanity of the Eastern Bighorns recently began their big move to a centralized location, consolidating all of their services at 44 Fort Road. The organization the organization participated and also has a lot going on that you can take part in. Uh, now, uh, just real quick, uh, uh, joining me this morning is the Executive Director for Habitat for Humanity of the Eastern Bighorns, Christine Dietrich. Good morning, Christine. Good morning. Now, uh, uh, Wild Gives, did you guys participate in this? We did. It was our first year participating in Wild Gives. And how, how did your first year go? It went well. We had a goal of $25,000 to raise. Uh, we didn't hit that close with our matches. There were two matches this year. 
uh, one for Habitat uh, by the Standish Family Fund, and then another by the Hughes Charitable Foundation, which was providing a match up to a million dollars statewide for those participating in YO Gives. So with those two matches combined, we were close. Uh, I think still a great year, especially considering it was our first yeah, time. Yeah, for our for first year, that's not bad at all, right? Yeah, so next year we'll hit the goal plus some. Now, how will uh, the majority of those funds be used? So we are designating all of those funds to our current construction projects. We have six projects going on right now, so the most that we've had in one time um, ever. So we're, we're very busy. And you told me at the top uh, that uh, before we get on the show, uh, usually you're you're pretty active during rodeo week, mm-hmm. but this year you took part in the run. How was it? It was great. It's always warm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the even early the in the morning. Even early in the morning, and so many people are participating. It, it brings another l- layer of fun before the parade. So it was a, it was a good morning. Good. Get the kids out there, watch the parade, everyone have a good time? Yes, my mom brought them out to cheer me on when I got close to the finish line, which was nice. I always like seeing that. So it was it was fun. Oh, yeah. That's a great finish line, having the kids right across, right? Just like, yes. Uh, and a bottle of water. Yes. <laughs> and then my youngest is saying, Mom was in the parade. <laughs> hey, in a way, yeah. 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 So. That's uh, good to be proud of Mom. Mm-hmm. Now, you're currently in the middle of a big move, consolidating yes, everything together in that one location. Yeah. How is the move going? So we are on track. I, I like to think we're on track since I'm the one organizing it all. <laughs> yeah. So we all have a lot of work to do. You know, right now we're operating across three separate locations. And so it is it is a lot of work to try to get all three businesses essentially on the same page and uh, everyone has different timelines for moving into this location. There's a lot of improvements that we need to do to make the space uh, operational for not just business but also for construction and for the Habitat Restore. And the Restore will probably be um, the, the most amount of work that we put into it just to try to minimize the impact to the public. Since we are a retail store, uh, we are looking at having to be closed down for the month of September, um, and I want to just keep it to one month. So as, as much as I can minimize the impact to us and to the public, that's, that's what I'm going for right now. Now, Christine, what's that going to look like when I walk in the front door? Is there going to be like a, a meet and greet area and then uh, like side rooms for the store, stuff like that? So there will be two different entrances into the building um, on different fronts of the building. So the north front of the building will be uh, Habitat Operations. And so if you are looking to get information on applying for a Habitat home, you'll come in the north entrance, and and that will have an appropriate sign um, directing folks to where to go there. And then the Habitat Restore will actually be on the west side entrance and that will uh, be open to the public. So customers shopping will be coming into there primarily. And, and the great thing about being in one location, too, is that if we have a customer at Restore who's shopping and then they have a question about, you know, well, now I want to know more about the homeownership program or, right. or now I want to know more about this financial class coming up, they can just walk right next door and we can help them. Uh, whereas now, you know, the Habitat Restore is on Crook Street. If they need help in any other area or program of Habitat, they need to drive up the hill to where the office is located at. And and that could um, deflect people from 
making that drive up. Well, maybe I don't have the time or maybe another day. And, and here we'll be right there. So, and on the flip side too, if we're meeting with a family about the home ownership program, and and then they want to go shop, or they have a question about junior the needs store, a new bed, yeah, you know, then they can just go right there. So we'll all be in one one location from now on. Now, what really prompted the move? Why now? Yeah. You know, honestly, this has been a discussion, and it started with the Habitat Restore relocation, honestly, about five years ago. So for the last five years, we've been on the search for a new location just for Habitat Restore. And then this property came to our attention, and we were looking at it, and we realized, you know, this property has the capabilities of serving all program areas of Habitat, not just the Habitat Restore. And so then we were looking at it from a different angle, and and our research was focused on how can it does it does it meet the needs of construction? Does it meet the needs of habitat operations? And does it meet the needs of habitat restore? And in doing our due diligence on all three areas, we realized wow, we actually could do this, and this could change the trajectory of habitat. Um, and our ability to to build more houses, which is desperately needed, and to provide more class uh, classes and education to the public, and to provide better services in a larger habitat restore. So all the way around, it's going to um, you know be a better location for the public, and provide all the services in a one-stop shop, and for habitat, just our ability to do more. So. Now, I, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here, but it's, yeah. it's a service that you and I have never talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said financial classes, and then yeah. you touched on it again. Mm-hmm. What kinds of classes does Habitat give, and mm-hmm. who's eligible to take those? So we offer financial classes right now that are focused on savings, credit, budget, and debt, which are the four key areas that folks like you and I need to know about and be able to build up savings and build up our credit in order to purchase a home, not just a Habitat home, any home. And that opens up the door for everyone because we believe everyone deserves a place to call home. And we offer these classes free to the public. So there's really no limit. Um, here in the new space, our classroom sizes will be more than twice what we can accommodate at the current facility. And and I imagine probably um, like a, a, a nicer setting. Uh, and I'm only assuming I haven't been to one of these classes. I don't know where they're being held now. They could be yeah. the Taj Mahal for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. but I imagine you're gonna with a with a space mm-hmm. that is solely for classes. Mm-hmm. You can really put a lot more resources into those. We can, and and in addition to that, you know, right now we have a pretty robust financial education curriculum, and we have great partners like Wyoming Housing Network who bring in certified housing counselors to teach those classes. Uh, but there's another side to that, which is homeowner maintenance classes, and a lot of habitats across the country provide those. How and, cool is that? And in this space, we can do that. So we're putting the information together, we're putting the classes together, and these classes will also be open to the public, and they focus on things like seasonal maintenance, how to patch drywall, how to fix a leaky faucet, uh, things like that, where when you're a first-time home buyer and you've been renting and a landlord's been taking care of that, 
now you're empowered to be able to do those home improvements on your own. And that's another important facet to being a homeowner. That really is pretty cool. I, I yeah. never would have thought of that. Uh, but what a fantastic class to offer somebody, first-time home buyers. Yes. Because I can remember when I bought uh, my first home, we were in Cheyenne. YouTube saved my life because I had no idea how to do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I knew precursory stuff, uh, mostly like trailer house type maintenance stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, that's that's really, like I said, yeah. pretty uh, pretty precursory before you get into the really tough stuff and have to start chasing down an electrical wire somewhere <laughs> in the house. Uh, not fun to do. So, how often are these financial classes offered? Mm-hmm. Um, so our Financial Foundations course, which is hosted by Wyoming Housing Network, takes place in spring and fall, so twice a year. And then we have additional financial classes that we offer once a year on credit and on budget. Uh, and that's a curriculum provided by Thrivent Financial. So Now, these are this is fantastic. I'm sorry. I'm kind of I'm getting off on my little tangent on these financial classes, but that's only because they're so needed. I mean, yeah. how? I mean, even people who you know aren't needing other services of Habitat for Humanity. These classes, as far as I know, are not taught in school very often, uh, but they're absolutely vital yes. to, to get by in your day-to-day operations in America. Yes. Well, and just to kind of give you that extra um, layer of support that you need when you are even thinking about um, buying your own home. So, you know, I think that's a unique and really cool thing about Habitat is that we're not just focused on getting folks into a Habitat home, although that is the main mission of Habitat. It's getting everyone into a home and providing them the support that they need to be able to do that. And so they could go and get approved for conventional financing and purchase a home. And that's great because they're in a home. Yeah. How cool is that? All right. Now, this uh, this year... The women's build was extended for five days. How did uh, the, all five days go? All, all of them are busy, packed, full of uh, participants? So it was great. It was a great build. I think it's a really popular build in the community. We get a lot of really great businesses sponsoring teams, um, First Northern Bank, um, Harfs and Associates, and I need to practice saying that uh, business name because I can mess that up. Um, First Federal Bank came out, um, just some really great business teams, so we had a lot of fun. Uh, We did something new this year because it is a fundraiser for Habitat, and we did have a Donor Champion uh, Builders Award for uh, teams, and so whoever raised the most amount of money for Women Build got the Donor Award Champion for that year, um, this year, and that was Harps and Associates. They raised um, almost $2,000 for Habitat, so that was awesome. Uh, we'll do that again next year and see who the new champion is for next year. Yeah, that's that's great. Now, now, any lessons learned from the experience, positive or negative? Um, oh my goodness, I think you learn something new every time that you have uh, an event like this. Um, lessons learned, I think. Well, one, the donor champion was popular. Um, People really liked that. Yes, because it offers another layer of competition. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's great. It's great for them, and it's great for Habitat. Uh, So, again, something that will continue. Um, You know, and weather is always 
kind of funky. You never know what's going to happen. And so another lesson there is just making sure that we have something dried in at all times so that weather doesn't have to be so much of a factor. <laughs> yeah. A little tent off to the side. Everyone can go warm and drink some hot cocoa or something. Yeah. Now, uh, the five days, that's going to be a permanent change? Yes, yes. It, it just it spreads out the teams. It makes the work more meaningful. We're able to host um, more individuals and teams doing it that way. And, and I think it's just more fun to have it during during a week. And, uh, folks, if you like competition, you like raising money for Habitat, when we return, we've got some stuff we want to let you know about that's coming up just around the corner. All right. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared it. In financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. This is Renee Botten. I'm running for re-election as Sheridan County Clerk of District Court. By now, you may have seen that my opponent is running negative ads against me. Now I kind of know how President Trump felt. I can assure you that the District Court Clerk's Office is being run competently, efficiently, and correctly. My opponent is hoping to pull you away from the truth, which is that I am the most qualified candidate. Don't fall for her deceptions. Vote Renee Botten for Sheridan County Clerk of District Court. Paid for by Renee Botton. Have you heard? Sheridan's own Vacutech is growing, and they're hiring powder coaters, machine operators, welders, and more. With great opportunities for advancement, working at Vacutech is much more than just a job. It's a career. Vacutech offers outstanding benefits, including comprehensive health, dental and vision coverage, matching 401k, paid time off, and relocation assistance. Not to mention top-notch compensation. For more information and to apply, visit Vacutech's Open Opportunities page on their website at Vacutech.com. LLC.com. Are you a weekend warrior battling a nagging injury? Whether it's biking, hiking, backpacking, or seasonal yard work, don't let those aches and pains become something more. This is Charlotte Walter, physical therapist with Wyoming Rehab. We can help you feel better and get in shape for all of your upcoming endeavors. Give us a call and we'll set you up with a free screen and treatment recommendation for your non-emergent pains. Sheridan Memorial Hospital's Wyoming Rehab, 674-1632. After wrapping up the regular season winning 7 of 8 over Rodeo Weekend and finishing with an overall record of 40 and 12, the Sheridan Troopers look to make some noise in the state tournament that they are hosting Monday through Friday. So head out to Thorn Rider Stadium and cheer them on. Today's game against Casper starts at 7. If you can't make it out to the field, you can watch live video web stream on SheridanMedia.com or listen to the games on air on 1410-106.9 FM KWYO. Trooper Baseball is being presented in part by True Built Builders, Redinger Technologies, Auto Connections, and Sunlight Federal Credit Union. You're 
invited to the annual Ag Field Day Tour, part of the University of Wyoming's Sheridan Research and Extension Center Field Day, Wednesday, July 27th. Registration begins at 8.30 a.m. at the UW Watt Agricultural Center, 1090 Dome Loop in Sheridan, followed with lunch at noon. For more information and to RSVP, call 307-673-2856 or email shrec at uwio.edu. RSVP by 1 p.m. Monday, July 25th. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. We're brought to you by our buddies out there at Eliason Financial. And with me this morning is the Executive Director for Habitat for Humanity of the Eastern Bighorns, Christine Dietrich. Now, infamous for the rough and rugged trail, the Wolf Creek Wrangle is a run for those seeking a challenge while also contributing to a fantastic cause, Habitat for Humanity of the Eastern Bighorns. Christine, when will the run be this year? The run is September 17th this year. Uh, we always host it the third Saturday of September at Eaton's Ranch. Now, this is a, a lot of people look forward to this thing, and you and I were talking off, off, offline here. Um, some people love it. Yeah. Some people hate it. Yes. And, and everyone's got their reason for this. Uh, but one big thing that people either love or hate it for is the rugged terrain. You never know what's around that corner. Uh, I can remember last year you told me if a landslide happened last night, mm-hmm. you're running over a landslide. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so Eaton's Ranch is, is absolutely beautiful if you've ever been out there. Um, and if you haven't, I encourage you to go check it out. It is the oldest operating dude ranch in the United States, so full of history, uh, which also means that since it's, you know, a privately ran organization to people who are coming to stay, those trails usually only see, um, you know, the traffic of cows and horses and the folks who are staying at the ranch. It's, it's not usually open for, for the public. And those paths crisscross each other in multiple spots. There's hundreds of acres of land out there to traverse. And, and it's not maintained. It's wild. It's rugged. Um, and that's what I think as a runner is so great about it because it really adds that other layer of of experience to it, of intensity, of uh, mindfulness, because you can't just zone out. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and if you're a runner, you know what I'm talking about. You can get in the zone and you're just, you're just flying, right? And on these trails, if you zone out, your face is going to be in the dirt. Um, I know from experience – I've hit the ground real hard Ooh. on that on that run before getting in the zone, and then there I don't know what it was a rock or a tree something or caught something. you though something and and that's what's so great about it though, um, and makes the finish so much better because you get to the line and it was hard and it was rough and you're sore and you're beat up, but gosh darn it, you did it. So. You overcame something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now now the distances on this thing. Yes. Uh, five miles. Yes. Seven miles, half marathon, or a 30K. Wow. So yes. so how long has the 30K been around? Is this new? This is brand new this year. Man, mm-hmm. oh, man. Tell me about this thing. So, so actually, uh, last year when we were marking the trails with Jeff for the, for the race last year, I was looking around and I said, hey, Jeff, you know, do you think someday we could add – um, a longer distance, you know, 18 miles or, you know, 30, uh, something like that, because ultra running really is, is getting to be more popular. 
And and Jeff said, yeah, absolutely, we could do that. And so a few months went by, and I reached back out and said, hey, Jeff, what do you think about doing that for this next year? And he was all for it. So so we added this distance. Um, so it will be the first time that we've had an 18-mile distance on the course. Uh, for those folks who have ran this race before, right, it, historically these distances are longer than advertised. I did change the names of the races this year to reflect what the distances usually are um, because we used to advertise them as a 5K and a 10K. But really, you know, a 5K should be three miles, and this course is actually five-ish. And so we changed the names. I got some comments back on that saying, <laughs> saying my age is showing. I'm getting soft, I'm getting soft in my old age. Um, and so... Eh, you know, so five mile, seven mile, half marathon, and the 30K, really, there's these question marks on the thing in front of me are, are true. Um, it, it might be 18 miles. It might be a little longer. You just never know with Jeff. Again, another challenge. You, uh, yeah. You stop when you reach the end, right? Just be prepared for, for anything, really. So getting prepared for this, uh, what does the run do for Habitat? What, what do you guys yeah. get out of this? So uh, Eaton's Ranch is amazing, and they host this event at no cost to us. So wow. there's, there's no event fee. Um, they purchase the, the beer for us, for the runners, at no cost to us. They mark the trails. They sweep the trails. Um, they're amazing. And, and this is the largest fundraiser for Habitat of the year. So that partnership is, is very important to us, and it is the reason that we've been able to host this event for 13 years or so. Um, so as the largest fundraiser of, of the year for Habitat, that makes it that much more important that we uh, max out on participants, that we have really great business sponsors, uh, really great donors. There's an option to participate virtually as well, and so you can um, pay the race fee and, and run virtually on your own, or not. You can run on your couch. And, <laughs> That's and, my type of run, And can consider runner. that a donation to Habitat. <laughs> Um, and, and also at Packet Pickup, we'll do a silent auction. Oh, we have that there at Luminous. So we try to leverage uh, dollars as much as we can to support our construction projects. Now, uh, any lessons uh, that you've learned regarding um, – because you've been running this for how long? Seven years? Um, so I've been the race director for seven years since I've started at Habitat. Um, but I've I've actually ran the course years before that, so I've, I've oh, ran. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've ran those trails. I know what y'all are getting into for sure. And you you run it every year, or no, not anymore, huh? Because you got to be the the yeah. finder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't get to participate with everyone, which is really sad. Uh, although it's so great to be out there and cheering for everyone, um, I just love it. Uh, and and ringing those cowbells as people come across. But um, I do get to mark the trails, and so in a way I am still out there. Now, uh, tell me about aid stations real quick. Um, so this is a survival race is what I tell everyone. Um, there's water. This year we, we are sponsored by Tailwind Nutrition, so we will have uh, Tailwind out there on the course, and we haven't had that before. Um, but runners do have to carry their own water vessel. Um, this is a coupless race event, and they do need to bring their own um, food or whatever other nutrition that they want besides tailwind um, because, really, that's all that we have. It's, you are essentially self-supported on this race. It's up to you to get 
to get through. From point A to point B. Yeah. Now, uh, just real quick, how do I go ahead and join up, register, get mm-hmm. my number? Uh, runwolfcreekwrangle.com is the race website. You'll find a ton of information there um, about, uh, well, everything you need to know about the race. Um, plus, we do have partnerships with the KOA and Best Western for those who are traveling to town. About half of our participants right now are from out of state, which is great. Um, so check out that race website there and get registered. We can have 125 uh, participants. Right now we're at 40-ish. 40-ish. And you, you told me at the break. Most of those people are going for that 30K. Yes. Yeah, that has the largest number of participants registered so far, which is awesome. So when it comes to the 30K, if, uh, it doesn't matter how many people are in each event, right? You just have yeah. a grand total that you can actually support. Yes. It, because, mm-hmm. uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eaton's Ranch, beautiful place. Yes. Not a lot of parking. Not a lot of parking. We we encourage carpooling for sure because the race starts on that same road that you access to get to Eaton's Ranch. So and and you're only on the road for a short amount of time, uh, which is deceiving when you get started. Before, <laughs> before you turn up onto the trails and it gets really hard, real fast. A lot of uphill running on this one. Oh yes. You, <laughs> the if, look on your face. Right if there. you check out the elevation map um, on RunWolfCreekWrangle.com, you see as soon as you turn, you're going up a mountain, down a mountain for the five mile, seven mile. You're up a mountain and down a mountain twice. No idea what the 18 mile course is going to look like yet. Haven't gotten that map. <laughs> Sorry guys, it'll be fun and it's for a good cause. Absolutely. Um, and bragging rights for the rest of your life. And it's a challenge. I mean, that's and that's it's, a re- it's it's a wrangle. You know, it is, it is the Wolf mm-hmm. Creek wrangle. This isn't yeah. the Wolf Creek jaunt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. All right. Uh, now, one more time. What is the registration fee? Oh my goodness! I knew you were going to ask that. Um, I can't spout them off the top of my head. Early bird registration is is done. Uh, that expired the 20th, so okay. now there's an additional uh, $10 per race category. Um, so I believe for the 30K, it's at $80 right now, all the way down to $45 to participate virtually. Okay. All right. Well, that's not very much. I mean, this is a fantastic race. You get to run in a beautiful area. And, uh, I mean, as far as the 30K, this is the initial one. So uh, you you want that. That's, yes. that's a notch in the old belt loop right Looking there. Looking forward to hearing everyone's story. <laughs> Both good and bad, right? Yes. All right, Christine, I want to thank you so much for coming in and uh, speaking with us about this. Uh, looking forward to it, and I, I look forward to some of the stories that you're going to bring to me probably uh, next month or two yeah. months from now. I yeah. imagine two months from now. All right. When we return... We're going to speak with some Wyoming filmmakers, Carrie McCarthy and Mark Petrie. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties 
for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Chuck Gray, Wyoming's proven conservative champion for Secretary of State. Chuck Gray passed our voter ID law to protect elections against cheaters, cleaning up voter rolls, and banning unsecure drop boxes. He's making elections fairer for all of us. 100% pro-life and 100% pro-Second Amendment. Chuck Gray is on our side. In our Republican primary for Secretary of State, vote Chuck Gray, Wyoming's proven conservative champion. Paid for by the committee to elect Chuck Gray. Parker Millinger provides business advisory services tailored for you specifically to help your business become compliant, tax efficient, organized, and strategically aligned with your goals. Think of us as part of your team. You will rest more comfortably knowing that you are covering all your financial basis and making informed decisions. Contact us today at Harker Mellinger. Our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. Hi, I'm Dr. Tom Bennett, board-certified forensic pathologist from Sheridan. I'm a candidate for coroner of Sheridan County. My opponent is Dr. Robert Bird, a retired dentist. With this election, we are transitioning from a funeral home-based coroner office to a freestanding investigative facility. I have been helping the majority of Wyoming's counties make this transition for years, and I hope to now serve Sheridan County as we grow. Paid for by Dr. Tom Bennett. This is Stella Montano inviting you to join AARP for a free movie screening of Dear Sirs. Wyoming filmmaker Mark Petrie bikes across France and Germany to tell the story of his grandfather, an American prisoner of war during World War II. Join us for this fun and educational event Wednesday, July 27th at the Wyo Theater. Movie starts at 645 with question and answer session to follow. Walk-ins are welcome or register ahead at aarp.cventevents.com slash Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Alliance Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. You just heard the ad. After discovering an archive detailing a horrifying journey of his grandfather as an American POW during World War II, a young man from Wyoming set out on a 75-year-later journey to retrace his grandfather's footsteps across Germany. He did this on bicycle, piecing together this story that he didn't know about until later to better understand the man who helped raise him. The film is called Dear Sirs, A Personal Journey Through World War II, 75 Years Later. And for the second part of the show this morning, I am joined by the film's producer, Kerry McCarthy, and director, Mark Petrie. Good morning. Hi, good morning. It's good to be here. How are you all? Doing very well. Now, you guys are joining me from Rock Springs, correct? Yep, we are. Just uh, about five and a half hours south, I guess. I I lived in Rock Springs for a number of years. Love that little town. Uh, I still got a lot of great friends down there. How did you two meet? Well, uh, it actually kind of relates to the film a little bit. So my grandfather, Silvio, um, he had a mobile home park in town, 
And uh, one year uh, we were kind of shorthanded and Carrie was looking for work. So she ended up working at the mobile home park um, that my grandpa was managing. And I was working for my grandpa in the same place. So we, we met on the job. Now, when it came to, when it came to this film, what inspired you to, uh, to take this journey? Yeah. So I guess um, for me, it started out extremely personal. Um, We had, I'd grown up in Rock Springs. You know, my grandpa was really the central part of my life growing up here. I mentioned I worked for him in his mobile home park, um, but also he lived right across the street, and uh, his wife had passed away, um, and I was the youngest grandkid, so I just ended spending every single day with him. So we developed, you know, a pretty close relationship, um, or what I thought was close at the time, and then you know, about 10 years after he passed away, I was back in town in his house, uh, which we hadn't really done anything with yet. And that's when I found all of these details about his experience as a prisoner of war, um, circles of cities on a map, uh, you know, hand, hand-drawn hand uh, route of where he was. And seeing that was, um, you know, it kind of stopped me dead in my tracks because I, I thought I had known everything there was to know about this person um you know sometimes i think you spend so much time with someone uh eventually you think you run out of things to talk about and and you start just commenting on you know the wind blowing and stuff like that and this was something that we had never discussed um never gotten into so i immediately just kind of sprung into action and and told carrie i said you know we got to do something about this um so that kind of started the idea of, of maybe doing a a basic documentary on it. Uh, we hadn't quite made the decision to bike across Germany at that point, but that's what really sprung us into looking into his story. And then from there, it really unfolded. Now, did you had known that he was in World War II, yes or no? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. But uh, he just but, didn't talk about you know, the experiences. Exactly. And I think that's something that's pretty common of a lot of people, uh, especially after showing the film around the state and around the country, you know, people come up to us and they say, man, I have the same, same thing. You know, my grandpa or my uncle, he was in the war and he he had kind of some medals, maybe a a box of, of things he brought home, but he just never, never told us about that. And we didn't really feel that it was our place to, to pry into that. And that's exactly how it was with my family. We knew he was a POW. Um, and he even had, like I mentioned, a couple medals, um, but to, we we would ask him a little bit about it, and you could tell that it was it was a time in his life that he struggled. Um, I think maybe making sense of himself, and especially at the time when I was younger, I, I think that we just weren't alive at the same time when when we could have shared the story with each other. So, uh, and I think that's like I said, that's a common theme between a lot of people. We know that they've been through this experience, but we're not sure how to talk to them about it. Mark. Tell me a little bit about your grandfather. How did he come up? Where did where was he born? Yeah, so his name was uh, Silvio Pedri. His parents were both immigrants from northern Italy, and uh, they immigrated to southwest Wyoming, Rock Springs, or more specifically Reliance, which is a, a tiny little coal mining town um, a couple miles outside of Rock Springs. And like a lot of other Italians at the time, they, they left uh, – kind of a, a hard life in a beautiful place um, for the American dream and maybe not, not so much a beautiful place uh, 
you kind of you mentioned you've been to Rock Springs and it is a um, uh, a place in your heart, but I think you have to you definitely have to spend some time here to um, get used to it. You gotta love so the mountain desert, they, don't you? Yeah, that is for sure, and it's unique. It's like nowhere else on earth. I think the um, the winters are brutal. The summers can be beautiful, but sometimes winter uh, arrives in the middle of summer. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, <laughs> we all from Wyoming know that. I think that's a common theme. So his his yeah his parents were Italian immigrants. Um, they they really came here with nothing and and tried to to make a life for themselves. Um, so somewhere in that, they uh, ended up moving up to northern Minnesota, and that's where he actually went to high school. And um, after high school, the first chance he got, he jumped on a freight train back to Rock Springs because he had some cousins here. And you know, they said the work is good, and you're gonna you're gonna have a good life down here. So he hopped on that train and got a job at the coal mine, and went underground for a couple of years, and then that's when he got drafted into the the U.S. Army um, when World War II broke out so that was kind of his upbringing and then after the war um you know he really just dedicated his life to his family that was that was the most important thing for him um he continued to work at the mine until he retired and then uh, had this mobile home park that he then uh worked in with his kids and grandkids so pretty much work and family um and then you know leisure time he loved the accordion so work family and accordion that was kind of the the trifecta or trilogy of his um, of his life. So he was he was a great person. He was quiet though. He didn't really he never took uh, took the spotlight or anything like that. So um, getting to know a different side of him through this film was uh, was a pretty incredible experience for both myself and then all all of our family as well because no one really knew this side of him. And it's it I always find it so amazing. Uh... You know, living a, a, a normal life, and then you're asked by your country to do, go do these things that, you know, are, are, are terrifying. They're, they're character building. <laughs> you know, they, they mm-hmm. change your life. Yep. They change your perception of life. They change what your life is. And then you come home, and you try to get back to that sense of normalcy that sense of every day and, and it, you know, the, the weight that, that so many veterans carry on their sh- shoulders without, without ever talking about it. It's, it's, it's just an amazing process to, to see and witness. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Mark. Um, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'm going to ask some details on, on where your grandfather was first stationed and kind of his process, but tell me about, about Mark. Uh, you make films. What inspired you to do that? Well, growing up in Rock Springs, uh, it's like we said, it's a beautiful place. There's a lot of space. Um, but, you know, it, there's not a lot of uh, other things that maybe kids in the city would have. So you're kind of faced with going out into the desert, riding bikes. Um, and eventually, you know, I, I got a camera and, and, and started recording some of these uh, bike adventures that my friends and I were doing. And um, at the time, you know, we we thought it was pretty cool to take a mountain bike up and ride it down off some cliffs, and, and the bike would get destroyed because, you know, they weren't really designed for that. So I just <laughs> yeah. started making, uh, you know, 
bike documentaries, I guess. Um, and every year we would have like a little miniature premiere or something uh, at my house. And it was um, just that feeling of being able to, to take an experience, you know, bizarre, uh, interesting story happening out in the middle of nowhere and then bring it into town and, and show everybody like, yeah, this is what we've been up to. Um, but that, that eventually evolved into just really becoming uh, fascinated with the power of storytelling. And I went to school and, um, you know, studied mythology, uh, filmmaking, literature, all of these things, and, and fell in love with the idea of how a story can transport us, how it can create empathy, how it can bridge gaps. Um, and, yeah, that, that led to moving to Los Angeles, uh, working at Sundance Institute for about five years, uh, helping other people develop their stories and, and get them off the ground and find funding. And then, uh, you know, as I was doing that, I, I just couldn't stop my own desire to tell stories and get back out there. So uh, I eventually left the office job and got back into documentary filmmaking full-time. And that's when Carrie and I really uh, partnered up as a professional couple and not just um, in life as uh you know, life partners, but professional partners as well. And we formed the, the production company, Burning Torch Productions, based in Wyoming uh, with the goal of, uh, you know, focusing on Wyoming stories. We, we tell stories pretty much um, across the globe, but uh, I think because of our roots in Wyoming, we're attracted to um, the stories that, you know, I think would otherwise fall through the cracks and, this is a perfect example of a story that would have otherwise fallen through the cracks. Absolutely. So we've been doing that for about five years together, and probably I had five years before her and I started, so ten years now. Now, you, you studied mythology. Did you see any correlation mm -hmm. between your grandfather's journey and Odysseus and, and, and you know, going on his own odyssey, uh, you know, finding finding a – a mythological almost hero right here uh, that, that I mean, it would just be amazing to come across yeah. that box. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's interesting. Um, I think one of the things that drew me in from mythology was how these myths are so universal to the human experience. And looking at it through that lens, um, you know, he was on his odyssey. He, he was in pursuit of of the American dream, you know, the, the son of immigrants, he wanted to have the white picket fence and the kids, you know, that he, he paid to go have accordion lessons and get to go to college and all that stuff. And then uh, this letter shows up one day and he is called to um, sail halfway around the world to, uh, to, to fight in this conflict. And, um, you know, making it home was, was not a sure thing. And in fact, right before he left, he made a promise to his fiance and he said, you know, if I do make it home, the first thing we're going to do is get married. And, um, that was kind of his departure. And from that point on, yeah, he, he was on an odyssey. And then after being captured and, and moved from camp to camp and each camp, uh, really held its own, um, you know, monster that he had to overcome. And one of them was a work camp. Another one, you know, he was severely injured. And the medical care was just abysmal, so he had to, to figure out how to, you know, survive his injury, but also, um, you know, make it through this this uh, prisoner of war hospital. 
And then finally arriving at the, the last camp where, um, you know, in, in the film it really gets into it, but toward the end of the war, a lot of the infrastructure, uh, especially around prisoner of war camps, was starting to collapse. And um, that's kind of, the, I guess, the darkest point, the innermost cave of his journey. Uh, and then finally being liberated and, and making it home uh, definitely was an odyssey. I mean, that whole idea of home and uh, the the detours and, it, you know, it wasn't a, a 35-year journey or, or what um, <laughs> the odyssey was, but uh, for him, you know, it, it was a, a journey of a lifetime that for the rest of his life impacted him. And, I'll, t- I'll tell um, you what, Mark, it probably felt like 35 years, you know? <laughs> probably yeah. sure as heck did. Yeah, or more. Now, mm-hmm. now that's for sure. I'm uh I want to I've just got so many questions for you. I'm running out of time. Um I was going to ask you how the process even begins, uh but instead let's go to uh, okay, you're you're filming, you've decided, you know, we're we're going to go to the location. We're going to actually go to Germany and we're going to check this out. Tell me what that was like biking down uh, the the basically the path that your your grandfather was forced down. Yeah, so it, the film started with the objects he left behind and how these objects can really hold a piece of who someone was. Letters, photos, you know, even the handwriting of of him articulating it in the most simple way. You know, it wasn't very detailed. We didn't have a lot to go from, but just having something, and that led us to saying, you know what, we need to go to the places, um, the places he circled on this map and move through these places with the intention of connecting with him, learning more about his story, meeting people that are still there, uh, really just trying to immerse ourselves in in that experience of, of, you know, deliberately moving through a place with the intentions of connecting to him. And um, there's a lot of power in that. I think anybody that's gone to maybe their ancestral home or, you know, back to a, a house where they were born in or maybe where their parents grew up, there's so much weight to that. And just as the objects hold a piece of that person, so does the place. And what we learned and what we um, tried to depict in the documentary is is really how, you know, even 75 years later, even, you know, obviously the world has changed so much. Um, Germany and the U.S. are uh, some of the best allies in the world right now, Um 75 years ago, that definitely wasn't the case, but still you're able to pull details uh, of, of what my grandfather's experience would have been like. And in some cases, there's pieces left behind. There's camps, um, now memorial sites. And being on a bike, I think, exposes you to everything. It's not just, um, you know, the, the big pullout places where, you know, like the, the Yellowstone tour of it, um, where you kind of know everything that um, there is. On a bike, everything means something. You're exposed to the elements. You meet people. People are intrigued by why you're there because it's the middle of winter and you're on a bike. And when you tell them, uh, they open up to you in a way that I think doesn't happen necessarily in a car. They want to help so that you really, make that connection. That's amazing. They do, yeah. They, they want to help you. Um, and that's what allowed the film to be made really i mean uh when when you see it it's it's a journey through history 75 years later um and it we tried to get as close to uh without comparing our journey to his but we we definitely felt that we had to be there during winter we wanted to move through the space slowly 
um, give ourselves time to, you know, so we're not just making this another, you know, thing to check off and then go back to your normal life. You know, this was the, the focus of our life. Now, Mark, uh, definitely you know, for six uh, weeks. I've, yeah. I've basically, I've run out of time, buddy, and I'm so sorry. But uh, where can I see this no film? So, yeah, Carrie's got the details right here. Uh, we're going to be in Sheridan on yep. Wednesday. It's going to be on Wednesday, July 27th, which is this Wednesday, um, at the Wild Theater downtown in Sheridan. And um, it starts at 645, but we'll have the doors open at 615. Um, AARP of Wyoming is offering uh, free small popcorn and drink to anyone that comes. Uh, Mark and I will be there uh, for a Q&A afterward um, with uh, Wyoming PBS. Um, Joanna Kale, she's the executive director of the foundation. We'll have opening remarks from Val Burgess, who's a World War II prisoner of war expert. Um, and then um, we'll also we'll, we'll stick around for however long people want to ask questions. And Fantastic. we're very, very grateful to Wyoming Humanities, Wyoming PBS, and AARP Wyoming for sponsoring this event. Um, I got to go, go Carrie. Uh, I greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you for calling in this morning. Head out there Wednesday, July 27th, 645, folks. This has been Public Pulse on 930 KROE. Money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliaston Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Hi, this is Chuck Holloway. I recently retired from the Sheridan College Ag Department after 28 years. With nearly three decades in the classroom, the students you remember truly did stand out. Brandon Masters is definitely in that category. He was a dedicated and thoughtful student. These qualities have carried Brandon up through the ranks of law enforcement as well as in the Wyoming National Guard. That's why I'm supporting Brandon Masters for Sheridan County Sheriff. Paid for by Brandon Masters for Sheriff. I'm here with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda. Tommy, hi. As you know, the Sheridan County Fair is coming up, and Sheridan Honda is participating this year by sponsoring the Dunk Tank. Oh, fun. When and where? It's at the fairgrounds on Friday, August 5th from 6 to 9. It's only $3 per throw, and Sheridan Honda will donate the proceeds to our local 4-H and FFA chapters. Fun. Good cause, too. Are you going to be in the Dunk Tank? I sure will. <laughs> Don't miss the Sheridan Honda Dunk Tank Friday, August 5th, 6 till 9 at the Sheridan County Has your home become the proverbial money pit? Everything is going wrong. Things are breaking on the daily. And you can't afford to fix them. No. Do you want to? Let Wild Renovation assist you. They will buy any property in any location. No matter what issues it has. They will get you cash. Probably more than you could get anywhere else. And you can walk away and let them bring the property back to life. Learn more at wildrenovation.com or find them on Facebook. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930. KROE. Sheridan.